For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Guadney, and I'm joined in the studio today by Tony Carpenter, who is the Creative Services Manager at BYU-Idaho, and today's devotional speaker. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, oh, right? It's right around the corner, and and uh, so we're all thinking about it, so I just wanted to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, and Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you, you bet. So, what was the process like of getting your talk ready to to give? I found out in the summer, uh, a few months ago, so I had, I've had plenty of time to think about it. And um, the process for me, I tried to mirror the, the same creative process that I use in graphic design, and I just um, spent quite a bit of time just researching without trying to be too specific about the research, as things just occurred to me, or I heard things in church or at work, I would just try to write them down and keep them in a in a central location. And then over time, I narrowed it down to a few ideas. And actually, I think it was my boss said something like, to be safe, if you stick with what the prophet said last and then combine it with the the two great commandments, you're in pretty good shape. And so I kind of took that literally and I threw in gratitude in there because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I I love the title of your of your talk too. Mortality is a master class. Can you tell me about why you decided to title your talk in that way? Yeah, I I just lifted that from the from the prophet's words really from the uh think celestial talk. Those words stood out to me because you know, we work in education, we we care about that quite a bit and I don't know. It just sounded, it sounded, uh, sounded snappy too. So that had was a nice extra, ring to extra, it. Extra bonus. And yeah, it, it sparked my imagination as I worked through it. So definitely, definitely, I love. As I read through this talk, I love the stories that you tell, mm. from shooting your door, yeah, <laughs> with a curtain rod to to riding the top of a bus. I mean, that was some incredible stories um, that Thanks. piqued my attention right away. But uh, yeah, so. What would you say, I guess my first question is, as you've gone through, as you've gone through life, what are some lessons that you have learned mm. in your master class? Mm. Well, one lesson I've been thinking a lot about is um, that every treasure is usually guarded by a dragon, right? And you have to do hard and scary things in order to, uh, to get to that treasure, right? And so I know that's just a, a weird metaphor, but... Um, I've had some friends ask me, like, why didn't you just say no? <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> why would you want to give a devotional address when I can say that every good thing in my life has usually been guarded by something scary? You know, talking to my wife the first time, you know, um, having kids, deciding to serve a mission, uh, even interviewing to come here. I remember on the way back just how terrified I was the way here and back from that interview and how how rough it was, but um, there's usually a reward there. So I felt like I, I kind of have to say yes to this, even though it's not in my temperament to <laughs> to want to be up in front of anybody or, or to get that sort of attention. But uh, it was a good process, and I, I've learned a lot. So, As you've slayed this dragon to get to this treasure, what has been that treasure for you as you have um, gone through the process of preparing? What have you learned and gained mm-hmm. through this experience? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I think I've 
I think I've solidified just how important those two great commandments are, you know, to love God and love your neighbor and to better learn the relationship between the two and how important that they are um, in the grand scheme of things. It also kind of helped me realize how much gratitude will help people as they try to fulfill those first two commandments. There's the two great commandments, I should say. So, Absolutely. And the, the, there are two great commandments. The first one is to love God, right? And the mm-hmm. second one, as you outline, is to love your neighbor. My question to that, you, you bring up a quote from, um, was it, it was uh, Elder Renland in his mm-hmm. conference talk in 2015. Yeah. And something that caught my eye um, is... He talked about, his quote was, to effectively serve others, we must see them through a parent's eyes, through Heavenly Father's eyes. So as you've become a parent, as you have children, um, how has being a parent changed the way that you live the second commandment? Oh, yeah, that's that's great. I think the reason why that stood out to me so much, that quote, is that as a father, everybody that you deal with is somebody's child. And it gives you a different level of empathy, I guess. (laughs) A different level of understanding and um, oh I wish I could take back the times that I've you know mistreated others and it, just that quote helped really touch my heart and help me realize that I need to look at that person as if um, I were their parent and, and maybe I would have more empathy and and love for that person or at least to if I can't get there at least recognize that that person is somebody's child and at least Heavenly Father's child not at least, but at mo- like most importantly, it's Heavenly Father's child. You know? Exactly. So. Yeah, absolutely. Something that you said in your talk that that really struck me. This is going back to I guess the first commandment. Um, it leads to the second commandment. Is is what Jesus told Peter. Mm-hmm. If you love me, uh, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. And how have you? As you've gone through life, what are some things and lessons and ways that you have learned this and made that connection between the first and second commandment in your life? Mm. Yeah, I think in my life, I certainly feel the most uh, reward in life when you're serving others. Um, And I think you learn that as a parent, as a missionary, and when you serve in the church. Um, you learn that when you um, interact with people at work as well. Um, that the most fulfillment that you'll ever have, it seems like, in your life is when you're serving other people. And when you're in the service of those other people, you're in the service of your God. And it works the other way around, too. So they almost feed off of each other. It's almost like another virtuous cycle. The more that you love God, the more that you want to serve and help others. And then it feeds back into maybe loving your Heavenly Father more, even from that experience. And yeah. I, I don't fully have it figured out yet, but. Um, yeah, they kind of, it's a relationship that works off of each other. Yeah. Symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic relationship, yeah. Yeah. And it, I, I kind of learn the best by doing. So I think by acting upon it and trying, you know, testing and trying those principles out. That's how we learn the most. Right. Absolutely. Learn the most deeply, I guess. And it's a great segue because 
the other questions I have relate to how we can learn. You outline three ways that we learn. We learn from uh, real life experience through the words and teachings of ancient and modern day prophets. And we also learn um, from the examples of others. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we hear the words learn from others' mistakes. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, just, just go with, you know, learn from other people and just keep going. Yeah. Um, but, th- I mean, that's wise counsel, but I also feel like you need to experience some things on your own. You need to, to learn um, by your own experience. Mm-hmm. And what have you, as you've gone through um, your life, what, if, what is one way or what is the way that you feel that is best for you to learn? Or is it a combination of all three? You know, I, in my talk, I joke that I, I like to learn things the hard way, you know. And I, when I was trying to figure out what sort of story to tell, I've got a lot of material. <laughs> you, know, you know, I set a, set a tractor tire on fire. I jumped off the roof onto the trampoline and, and uh, hurt myself, you know. I mean, the list goes on and on. I, I think I shot my sister in the leg with a bow and arrow once. I mean, I could have told that story, but I felt like that was a little too much. So especially when you're young, I think you're, you're, you're testing the world around you. And I think innocently most of the time you're trying to see what it's like to do this or do that or to, to maybe um, in your relationships as well, like my brothers and sisters, a lot of mistakes there, a lot of learning through trial and error. And so, but if that were the only way that we had to learn, what a, what a tough go we'd have, right? So thankfully we have the scriptures and we should be reading those. And the more we um, take that as an opportunity, the, the, the more that we can avoid having to learn things the hard way. And then through the example of others as well, you know, our parents and our leaders and, and teachers, so many good hearted people that want to help us to avoid those those mistakes the hard way. So I think it is like a, a mix of the three, but the more that we can read the scriptures and, and learn from the mistakes of others, then the better off we'll be, I think. Yeah. And focusing a little bit more on, on real life experience, your last, your last touch on that topic before you move on mm-hmm. is that we must embrace adversity mm-hmm. in order to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that we must accept it or we must deal with it, right? We embrace it. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. yeah I think throughout my life, I think I've tried to avoid it. I think it might be the natural side of us that wants to avoid discomfort and things like that. And I think I'm still working through that. Um, my son has uh, really been a good example of how he's been able to embrace um, adversity by purposefully putting himself through all sorts of physical rigors to get really strong. And it's helped me realize that I can, I can do that in all aspects of my life. You know, I think I've been focused a lot on my education. I recently finished a master's, master's degree, and um, but in reality, any any aspect of our lives that we want to improve, we have to embrace the hard. We have to look at it, and and uh, even though it's hard, kind of do it anyway. And 
I'm certainly not a master at it. I'm I'm learning right along with everybody else, but I I do believe that that's a true principle, and I think I can testify to that of the the, the hard things that I have done, and uh, the challenges that I have taken on. Um, there's always been a sweet re- reward. Um, some challenges, like my brother passing away, um, they're kind of thrust upon us, and so we're obviously not seeking out those challenges, but I think if we can avail ourselves to more uh, challenges to seek out the, the things that are hard, the, the weak spots, the soft spots that maybe we could toughen up, then when those unexpected tragedies happen, we'll be stronger, maybe, maybe more prepared for them. I can't imagine being more prepared for my brother passing away, but I think there is some, some wisdom there in, in striving to, to constantly, continually improve and seek out the hard thing so that we can be strong in the face of adversity. I think there's comfort in knowing that ni- n- nobody is a master mm-hmm. in this class. This mm-hmm. class is called a master class because it is taught by the master. Oh, I love that. And um, I think it's important to just know that you know, we all go through challenges and adversity and struggles and trials and and we're called on to learn from those, mm. whether we want to or not, right? Yeah. Natural man, right? It wants to avoid it, like you said. And and that is, I feel like, a, a, a natural response mm-hmm. and an acceptable response for the natural man, but we have to get through that mm. and, yeah. and fight through that. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, you talked about gratitude in your talk. And gratitude for the things that you've learned, uh, for the experiences that you've had. And so my, my next question is, what are one or two things that you have learned in your life in this master class that you are most grateful for? Oh, wow. I think number one, and of course, I didn't fully appreciate it, and I'm continually learning to more fully appreciate it, if that makes sense, is uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ. It's a mystery to me. I don't, I do not understand it. I don't understand how it works, but I know it works. You know, I've made too many mistakes and needed forgiveness too many times to not know that it works. And um, I'm so grateful for that. It's, it's the, it's not just that it um, helps you feel like you can move forward from sin, but it um, seems to strengthen you too. And uh, on that journey to become the type of person that you feel like you, you want to be deep down. Um, it's, yeah, it's real. It's not just a, a veneer. It's not just the outward appearance, but it, it touches you deep down and helps you kind of become a new creature in Christ. It changes your heart. So that's hard to say anything else besides that. That's what I'm mostly grateful for. Oh, I second that for sure. The whole plan of salvation, the way things are set up in this world. You know, I think so many people are frustrated or upset by why would God allow this? Why would God allow that? But 
And I do have those questions too, but the longer I'm on this earth, the more I realize I see the wisdom of it. It's this combination between agency and, uh, and the fallen world and uh, our fallen natures ourselves, you know. But, um, but in the end, we do learn so much through it that it's hard to imagine some other scenario for Heavenly Father to choose. Um, that his, his plan is, is really the plan that we, that we signed up for and that, that we were convinced would be the best route forward. And um, once that veil covers our eyes and we don't remember... We're in this world figuring it out for the second time that this really is uh, the correct plan and the best plan. Even though it's, I, I, I wonder to what degree we knew how hard it was going to be before we came here, but I'm sure we had um, all the knowledge that we needed to make the choice, so... It's that personal experience aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father went through it, mm-hmm. and we could learn from him only as far as mm-hmm. as we could, and then we had to have that other prong yeah. of ways to learn, right? Yeah. And so, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. As we get to the end of the interview, you talk about how the first commandment, the second commandment, and the third commandment, or the, <laughs> and the <laughs> gratitude, gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Uh, those form a Venn diagram kind of kind of yeah, a deal, yeah. and the glue that keeps them together is is the Holy Ghost. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I, I yeah, may have misinterpreted what you what you meant by that. But could you expound on that just a little bit more? Yeah, I as a graphic designer, I think I had four different ways that I could make that Venn diagram. I wasn't quite sure, you know, what to put uh, in. One looked kind of like a target, you know. The, love God in the center and they radiated out from there. And so I, I felt like this graphic was probably the best visually to just help explain that the three were working together in, in, a, in a good way. But I really, I, was, I wasn't sure which graphic to, to go with because I wanted to make sure that I was communicating it properly. Clearly, to love God is the most important and to love our neighbor is the second most important. And gratitude to me felt like if you have gratitude during the process, it'll just make the experience better and maybe even um, amplify the two. Um, but truth be told, I'm... Oh, and then, and then of course the Holy Ghost is, is what uh, communicates to our hearts the truth of, of all things. So um, how they all work together and what sort of relationship they have, I certainly don't know. But I don't, I know that... To love God is the most important, and so that should really be at the center of everything. I just found it interesting that when those three things are present, it seems like I'm the most happy, you know. There's the most reward. And and uh, in that one particular experience on the bus, it was like an overwhelming feeling of love and gratitude from my Heavenly Father and it was one of those things that was really hard to, to express with words, but, you know, I felt it was worth a try because <laughs> it was such a good experience for me um, that it stuck with me for years and years. Um, 
when my testimony is tried or I'm having a tough time, I often will think about it and know that, well, I know God lives and I know he loves me, you know, and I know that, um, that, that, that won't change. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm not sure if that answers the question. Oh, no, that's <laughs> perfect. Thank you so much. Last couple of questions for you. Um, there are so many things that you've taught in this, in this devotional, um, I felt the spirit and I learned so much just from reading it. I can't wait for you to give it. But if there was one thing that you wish that people could take away from it when all is said and done, what would that be? I think for some reason, I feel like the the principle of loving and serving others in, in small and simple ways is what I would like people to go come away with, I think, because it's actionable and it's it's real and it's happening all the time on this campus. That's why I love it here, you know. That's why I loved it as a student. It was such a big deal to come here and feel the the spirit and the testimony from everybody, even through a smile or a hello. And um, I know that there's been some talk about well, students these days are mostly looking at their phones or. But I haven't really felt that. I feel like I walk around campus and I still have people saying hi just like I did when I was a student. So it's kind of a, just keep it up, you know, a lot of great, great people here. And so that, that would be the biggest thing I think if people could walk, come away with is just how much it matters to, uh, to do those small and simple things to show love in small and simple ways to other people. Absolutely. And a final question for you. Mm. There are many people on this campus and who are, who will hear your devotional who may feel at times or all the time perhaps that they are failing the master class. Mm. What would you say to them to encourage them to give them advice? Oh, if I can do it, you can do it, you know. I spent quite a bit of time feeling the same way, but I feel pretty confident the Heavenly Father doesn't feel that way. So my advice would just be to have faith in Him, have faith in the atonement, do what you have to do to, to try to turn things around, but it's going to be by small and simple things. It's going to be by, you know, by baby steps. Like, you know, what about Bob? You know, it's, it's not all at once. It's just baby steps. And it's small and simple things, and you just can't give up. Can't quit, right? Can't quit, yeah. Can't quit. Thank you so, so much for your time and your thoughts and and all that you're going to teach us. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'm grateful for just everything that you've, you've talked about. Um, thank you for coming in. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. That was Tony Carpenter, the Creative Services Manager for BYU-Idaho and today's devotional speaker. Thanks again for joining me.